everyone, and welcome to the Podquisition, that show that Laura runs and no one else is on. I totally didn't kill the other two hosts, I promise. Um, I, I have no one to talk to this week, so I have no idea what I'm going to bloody well do with this episode, because, uh, yeah, my plan didn't really go any further than I'm going to run the show this week and I'm not going to have Jim or Gavin on it, and now... Let us on! No, 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 uh... Pay no attention to the thumping behind the curtain. <laughs> fine, fine. Jim, Jim, one second. Right, right. Let's, let's get that tape off your mouth if I can find find where I taped you up. Fine, fuck off. Just come out, Jim. Out you come, here you come. Fine, Jim, what, what do you fucking well want? I was labouring under the impression that, due to the thing you hinted at at the beginning, that I was dead, so I've been silent. I I'm playing a dead person at the moment. Well, I was very confused as to whether you were playing a dead person or a person who was tied up, because you were doing an awful lot of banging for that a dead person. I'm kind of, del I'm kind of delighted Gavin, with I the thought. fact that you thought oh, that was, was Jim. <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. that was Jim that was muffled. I, I am impressed. Um, I think the main problem with improvised bits in an audio medium is that, that we can't see each other. Yeah. Well, and, here's and, the and thing. When, and when you tell us we're dead, there's not really much we can go on there. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't planning on dead, but then I kind of was like, I was gonna go a direction. Then I start hearing the muffling. I was gonna go with a, you know, one of those to get the muffling off of the voice, but I didn't prepare the that tape. That would've been good. I, I think that this is about the level of professionalism you expect from this show. So hooray, we tried to improv a thing. Now you have to like us again, everyone. Hello, Podquisition. Jim and Gavin aren't dead. It's fine. No. I played a hilarious joke on you. What a harmless goof. I have been rused. And this is the final time we ever let Laura try and do an improvised <laughs> skit without any warning on the show. We'll do... <laughs> next time, just do one where we can talk and aren't dead. <laughs> yeah, well, I panicked. I had a moment where I was like, I wasn't planning on you being dead, but... It just kind of came out of my mouth. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We could be Whatever undead. Whatever happens is going to happen. We could be undead zombies. It's another risk with improv. This is a, a problem we have when we do fist chunk marketing, um, which is it's an improv comedy podcast that I do uh, that no one listens to. And <laughs> you, you end up going down a path and, and realizing you've there's nothing but sadness at the end of the path, but you haven't got any cutoffs there's no escape route no so you've just got to commit and hurtle towards it you know where i was gonna go and like it came to me just as gavin was like jump finding a way to jump back into the bit and i thought it was jim i was gonna go with like hey i'm gonna invite my actor friends over to pretend that they're jim and gavin because i realized the error of my ways killing jim and gavin was a mistake friend paul come over here and be jim this week I say, and then we could have had you know, that, that. I had, I had a vague, I had a vague plan of where I was going. <laughs> you nearly did have to do that this week if those uh, sewage guys hadn't cleared off. Yeah, you got people fucking being angry bees outside your window this week. Yeah, thankfully they're gone. They were there since five a.m. Just making that noise because you sent us a video with the noise. It was just <laughs> the whole time. It was like the chainsaw and doom all day since 5am this morning. It was <laughs> driving me. Up. And I've got these big noise cancelling like headphones for my work. And it yeah. was still, I could still hear well, it through them. We, we can't have them spewing shit everywhere doing their sewage works. Because as we all know, we are the only people on this show who get to spew shit <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah, that's exactly. our job. 
And also, um, I, it has been well pointed out to me. I did forget that there is a scene in the credits of that game where that horse does live for like five seconds. So I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. I forgot a fucking horse lived. I knew oh, yeah, the I horse was right. Lived. Yeah, horse lives. The Sorry horse about lives. That. that. It's the biggest controversy in, in podquisition history. Yeah. The horse lives my, like two fav- My favourite thing in the comments of last week's podquisition is the people pointing out that, like, while Gavin clearly remembered that the horse lived, the mere suggestion from me that he was wrong, he was like, oh, I guess my memories are false. The horse didn't live. You'd be really easy to gaslight, Gavin. <laughs> what's, what's gaslighting? It's where you tell someone that they did a thing that they didn't do to try and get them to admit to having done a thing. Slowly that they didn't driving do. them to the the edge of sanity as you. So what make is it? You think they're losing it? Yeah, so... you make a per- you try and make a person believe they did. But a of thing course, that you know this, Gavin, do. because I explained to you what gaslighting was yesterday. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I forgot about that decade-old games post-credit scene where the horse was alive. Sorry about that, everyone. It's, it's fine. We we fuck up all the time. It's a problem. You do a t- like a, a, an hour to a two hours of podcasting, and you make a mistake in it, and someone will point it out. But you you've forgotten yeah. the next week. Yeah, it's I'm actually surprised it's like you remembered a, that because I never like remember a, to correct. It's like things. a Twitter typo. It doesn't matter at all, but people really think it does. Yes, <laughs> yes. Have he, he, heaven. I, I made a, I made a, a tweet this Twitter. week with a typo in it that got like three hundred retweets, and I was like, oh no, here we oh, fucking go. <laughs> I, I had that with one tweet during Eurovision. It got 450 retweets in like five minutes. And there was a fucking typo in it. I was like, if I delete this, I will never get that many retweets back. Yeah, it's the like, do I leave on. it or do I just endure the gossip? It's the most trivial dilemma that a human could ever have. Like that, It speaks to how, how wealthy and well-off we are as a society that for that many of us, us, that's yeah. the greatest dilemma we'll face. Do I yeah. delete my tweet with a typo in it, or do I keep all these RTs that it has? It truly well, is a first it, world problem. Yeah. Well, see, the balancing act you have is the fact it got all those retweets means on some level that people don't care about the typo. Yeah. But you can't guarantee that'll be repl- replicatable. It's, it's a big balancing act. It you is see. a huge balancing it's a, act. It's a difficult life we lead, it really is. Mm-hmm. The oh, trials the and tribulations in... we face are, are truly challenging. CNN once quoted a tweet of mine. Oh yeah, can't remember exactly. I was live tweeting the presidential debates between uh, Obama and <laughs> Romney back in the day, and I, I made I, I was just making goofs, almost like how I do for the E three press conferences, just all night. I think it may have been the one about how Romney kept looking at Obama like he was in love with him, because he does that. <laughs> When if you ever watch Romney in a debate, he looks at the other person like he's in love with them. He's just got this whole notice me senpai look on his face. Um, it's adorable. I'd love a little, a tiny little Mitt Romney to live in my house, and um, <laughs> just be racist. Uh, but anyway, Kotaku once reported one of my tweets, which I thought was funny. It was about uh, what's it, how do you pronounce John Rick Richardello? Riccatello. Yeah, it was something along the lines of, can I at least keep my EA pen? And EA says to him, technically it's not your pen, John. It's a service we provided, so no, give it back. (laughs) (laughs) Kotaku thought this was very funny. I I think that's very funny. Anyway, Jim, do you want to do that thing where you say which of us is who? Yeah. Yeah. And we have 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 to introduce it this week as our pre-pre-E3 of Pop course, yeah. Pre, yeah, the pre, a pre-pre-view pre-pre. of E3's pre-previews. 
Yeah. That's let, what we're doing this week, a pre-preview <laughs> of E3's pre-previews. Yeah, let me get the intro out of the way and we'll all straight into that. Um, so, basically, the girl one is Laura and the boy one is Gavin. And the screeching child thing, that's me. Um, <laughs> welcome to Podquisition. Um, right, E3, pre-pre-E3. It's bollocks, right? Someone asked right. me yesterday, like, like, is it just me or is there so little like excitement and hype for E3? And I'm like, it's not surprising. Like, we live in such a perpetual hype cycle year round now. It's hard to get excited for something because it's just more hype on top of all the hype. Mm. It's exhausting. And this isn't helping because people are so... Because E3 is so saturated with stuff happening, they saturate now the weeks beforehand because everyone's trying Mm. to get out first. So they're not even saving surprises for it. Yeah, and we get this weird whole thing where it's just like, I know that we're going to come slightly, like deflated out of E3 being like oh I wish that someone show had showed more things and it's like oh yeah we did see all those things just a week before E3 yeah so what have we had already out. we've had Watch Dogs got, 2 already yeah, Watch Dogs 2 we've got XCOM 2 coming to consoles mm-hmm. we've got Persona 5 getting a date we've got Dead Rising in- Injustice got, trailer came out today we've got it? the Injustice trailer yep we got the Saints Row new game oh, we got the Bethesda leaks we had a fuck ton of stuff like this is it's what always the, like is this. That Skyrim like, this remastered been, is it? Skyrim remastered There's a few yeah. things. Should we should we start with the oh, Bethesda leak I, I, one? I, or? I really upset people yesterday with a very what I thought was a speaking of joke tweets, I just said it already exists and linked to the mod nexus. <laughs> I thought that was a very innocent joke and good god people were angry over that. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um so should we should we start with the Bethesda leaks, I guess? Yeah, is that a place yeah, to start? Yeah, let's let's yeah, begin. Yeah. Okay, so supposedly Bethesda's E3 press conference lineup has leaked and it's going to be a bunch of remasters and sequels. It's going to be Skyrim remastered for PS4, Xbox One and PC, mm-hmm. which pretty much like from the sounds of it is just going to be a stable version of Skyrim with all those good mods installed. Not like not really bothered, not into it. Like I love Skyrim, but I have played it so many times, and I've played it on PC where you mm. can make it graphically look like anything you want. So it's yeah. like I, I, I'm I'm not that into it. I I feel like the reason that it exists is because would it be fair to say that it feels like people were more excited for Fallout Four than perhaps any Bethesda game before it? That's um, true. That's def- or is that like no the that- people who don't generally care about Bethesda were suddenly paying attention to them with Fallout Four? Yes, maybe. Definitely. I think the I think for me Fallout it's a bit coloured because was- I remember the the amount of backlash it had afterwards. Yeah. Um, so I, I, mm. it's hard for me to remember what the reception was like beforehand. But no, I, I, I do remember at least after their E three press conference, people were freaking out about it. They were really yeah into and- it. My my thinking is that this exists because hey, a bunch of people suddenly care about us. Let's sell them a remaster of our last game that's pretty easy to remaster and which, make it look contemporary. Which also was a a game with a lot of hype about it, Skyrim. I mean that. Oh, for sure, yeah. Generally, like since I I don't think Fallout Three and Oblivion had quite the same amount of hype, but the last two games they've put out have been a massive influence on the kind of ubiquitous gaming hype machine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I don't mind a remi- a remake of Skyrim. That doesn't it, it doesn't feel like it's taking away from them developing anything else. So why would we care? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm um, I'm, I'm not angry at it existing. I'm not 
pleased about it existing. Like, it's just blown total blank slate for me. Yeah. Have, <laughs> as much as I love Skyrim, it's going to be very hard to go back to it in a post Witcher 3 universe world thing. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just. The, all the. And we've had like, what, three Dark Souls? Three Souls games as well since Skyrim came out. And it just. Those and Witcher as RPGs really just, to me, kind of pronounce the flaws in Skyrim when I go back to it, you know, which sucks because I love Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't into Witcher 3 as much. I, I loved it, but I wasn't into Witcher 3 as much as you. Um, yeah. And I, I still have this just this huge soft spot for Skyrim. Um, but mm. I, I certainly see where you're coming from. I can imagine those that really did jump on the Witcher train, um, especially mm. with Witcher 3, uh, will have that kind of... They'll go back to Skyrim and just think, well, this doesn't quite have what the Witcher gave me, you know? Yeah, but it, it's one of those... Enough people will probably pick it up because you oh, see sure. people's play... Yeah. People's play counts on that game are in the so many hundred hours mm-hmm. that I don't doubt people will pick it up to uh, play it again get it. on their yeah. shiny box. I mean, I've got, yeah. I'd say, for about 500 hours on Skyrim at this point. Hmm. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Um, we also have the rumor also suggests that there's going to be three sequels shown off at the press conference. They're going to show off really? Prey Two. Oh. I was wondering if they would. Yep, allegedly Prey Two is going to be shown in some capacity. Oh, probably, probably going to yeah. see Doom DLC. I would imagine. Uh, it's not listed on this leak. So, not that that means much, but it's not part of this particular leak. Um. Wolfenstein 2 is apparently going to be shown. Nice. Feels about the right timing for a new Wolfenstein. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. The Evil Within 2. A my question for this was, did The Evil Within sell enough to justify a sequel? Because, like, was, I, I liked it. How much but did it sell? I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that big of a game. Yeah, it kind of went by without it. It kind of... There was a lot of hype building up to it, but then it was kind of a wet fart when it actually came out. Yeah, yeah. I'm but then we all we all thought that look. about Resi Six, but that sold what six, seven million copies or something. So, um, apparently, The Evil Within sold three million copies, uh, retail copies across wow. all platforms. Honestly, for a for a horror game, that's good. That's a bunch better than I expected. Yeah. That's, like, that's okay. good going. I, I felt like that game performed much worse than it did, but this yeah. is according to some, like, the first thing that's come up when I searched it was some VG Charts uh, claim okay. that it sold that's, 3 million units. I always take VG Charts with a pinch of salt, but... Yeah. If, I don't know, I imagine... If it sold in, like, the ballpark, if it sold, like, one and a half million, if it sold half of that estimate, I can still see them justifying a oh, budget yeah. sequel. For so. a, a horror game, if a horror game crosses a million, I'm I find that impressive. I genuinely yeah. think that's that's good going. Um, it's all about expectations, and if they mm. budget that correctly to make those meet those expectations, then and, I, and I, let's I, face it, you look at the evil within. I, I don't <laughs> think the evil within had a massive budget put behind it. Certainly yeah. not a Call of Duty level marketing budget or anything mm. like that. Mm. Um, so yeah. So Crossing Laura, a million probably made money. Yeah. Laura, was there anything about Dishonored 2 in the in the leak? Not sure, in the leak. Surely they're going to um, be showing that. Let let me pull the uh, the thing back up. Uh, where is the thing I was looking at? Because I had information in front of me. They are still publishing uh, that, aren't they? Bethesda. They are. Um, yeah. 
I'm just going to read through a bit more closely. Um, da -da 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 -da, reading through the thing. Um, apparently they have other games. Pl uh, they have news planned for other games, but this is apparently the list of games they're planning to show. Okay. So it's possible that they're going to talk about it without without showing it maybe or maybe maybe dishonored is going to be on the like sony and microsoft things with all the exclusive shit you're going to get for having either console yeah there's that as a possibility as well get, get um, corvo's special iconic fucking blade yeah um so i did have one question about the bethesda the the alleged bethesda conference lineup and basically my question is when Bethesda's conference last year happened, a lot of people were questioning, will they have one in 2016? Because can they live up to what they did with having a Doom and Fallout 4 press conference? Yeah. So I guess my question is, if this year's press conference was just... like I say just. If it was Skyrim Remastered, Prey 2, The Evil Within 2, and Wolfenstein 2, does that feel like it stands up well against last year's Bethesda conference? No, no. no I'm, I'm not saying it'd be bad, but like Fallout and Doom, like mm. you can't Wolfenstein and the Evil Within. They're not Fallout and Doom. They they are yeah. not. They it, they're not, not that marquee kind of thing. Yeah, it's not a new Bethesda RPG that hasn't been released before. It's not a game that is like. Even though Doom already existed as a brand, it was a new Doom game that wasn't a direct sequel to something from a few years before. Yeah. That feels a lot newer of a conference. That, that but equally, said, this this is this is more than I expected them to have. This. That, I mean, yeah. Wolfenstein, a, a new Wolfenstein, will be very exciting. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it will be. It will. It will not be Fallout Four levels, but it will still be very exciting. I mean, loads of people adored the New Order, and oh, it is a really yeah. good. Like, I just love. The direction that the id um, line of games have been going, like mm. both the New Order and Doom, have been very they, dumb, very simple, and yet kind of subversively clever at the same time. There's clever stories that run through them, so they're doing this this kind of stupid smart thing really well. They're and, kind of, and I would love to see them continue it. If, if that said, though, if they have. Um, if they have uh, Wolfenstein and if they have Dishonored and if they have Prey 2, that is already going to be a more exciting press conference than probably most of the other ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. It's, it's a more exciting one than I would have expected. Like, if you'd asked me last year I mean, how not... much they'd have to show, I'd have thought it would have been another Bethesda conference of two games. Yeah. Like, we'd have, I'd, I'd have expected we see Dishonored 2, which we already know about, we maybe get a remaster of something, and we maybe get one new game that we didn't know about. It. So at I'm least, like, at is, least, like none of them expected. are. None of them are going to be tactical open world modern military shooters. So I'm <laughs> yeah. all good with that. Yeah. <laughs> that is, is there yeah. anything? Is there anything? Have we heard anything ever since last year about that fucking Elder Scrolls card game they talked about? I don't think we Their have their version it, of Hearthstone. No, no, but they, oh that. There was a bit of news this week of another company having their version of Hearthstone. Yeah, Gwent. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, the <laughs> Gwent card thing is happening as its own, like, Hearthstone-esque card game. The, the I'm into Witcher it. Gwent cards. I'm into so it. There's I'm, a very I'm, funny, up, um, I'm up for that. <laughs> there's a very funny question, Blood and Wine, where they've introduced the fourth set, which is Skellige. 
And uh, they're trying to get Geralt to use it for the competition, and it's basically very meta. They're basically like, yeah, yeah, you just want to sell us, you just want me to use this so you can convince me that it's as good as the Northern Empire's one. Because basically <laughs> that's the one everyone uses, isn't it? It's like, I've yeah. never used the, any of the other sets except the Northern <laughs> Empire's. But it's very good. Very, actually, that, that, speaking of Blood and Wine, I finished it, and holy shit, the fucking feels it gave me in my heart. Go play that expansion, guys, seriously. I, I've still got it put aside for the end of this month when I have yeah. all that time <clears throat> off, so I'm going to get to it as soon as I can. The last scene just gave me so many feelings in my heart, and it was so, like, this is how you fucking wrap up a trilogy. That's, like, that's like really... standing ovation for, for CDP on that one. That's really reassuring to hear. So yeah, yeah, if you if you finish that and you have like a hankering to play more Witcher, you can soon just play the card game on your tablet probably. So yeah, hooray! Yeah, that's buy, good. Buy blood and wine. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not being paid um, to tell you this. Just it's my honest opinion. Just go play it. <laughs> Uh, let's have a look. What else? What's the other big ones that happened this week? Uh, oh, have both of you seen the Watch Dogs 2 trailer that happened? Yep. The, um, yeah, I hesitate to call it a trailer, but I did see it, yeah. I, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, the, the cinematic give you the feel of the thing trailer. How's he looking at his phone screen? How does he know where to tap? Well, maybe he's Google, like a he's touch He's wearing typist. Google Glass. No, it's, it's like shades. one of the touch typists. He knows the feeling of where to, to put his hands But it's just a plain bit of glass. There's nothing to touch. He's wearing Google Glass in his shades. It, it's muscle memory, Jim. I can text without looking. It's, you know, what, you just get can't. the feel of where you put your fucking hands. My fat fingers will mash all the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have fingers as fat as yours, Jim. That's, uh, that's uh, a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have some bad news for you. I've, I've been news? playing games for a while now, and sometimes they don't always conform to the laws of real-life physics. <gasps> you made me choke, Gavin, I with can't. your incredulous <laughs> lies. I can't handle that. It's freaking yeah. me out. But so, yeah, I saw it. Um, here's the thing. Yeah. Everyone right now is dumping on it uh, because I... everyone dumped on watchdogs. And I've got to say, like... And it, I'm not one for championing Ubisoft product, but I love to watch dogs. Like, I still stand by it. Like, I really... The protagonist was a piece of shit, <laughs> and it had problems. But I really enjoyed it. Like, in terms of just the gameplay, I thought it was really it fun. Had, I thought they had handled a lot of stealth potential. in it well. They had uh, the, the tech stuff, the hacking stuff was simple nowhere near as complicated as they made it out to be but mm. it was good and i think that's the main problem was ubisoft itself hyped it so much mm. that they killed it like but when, that game was a classic victim of its own promotion uh, but but like in historically if you look at the difference between assassin's creed 1 and 2 you know it is possible for them to turn a series around and make it more fun you know and Watch Dogs had a lot of potential, you know. It just didn't live up to the potential that people thought it was going to have. And, like, I think this new one looks really cool. And when they said you can do the whole game non-lethal, I was like, no, that's cool. That sounds interesting now, to me. We'll, we'll believe that when we see it, because a lot of times you get told a game can be done non-lethally and then it's, like, uh, kind of, except for these bits where we make you hurt people, but... Um, I think they've yeah. got to be really careful with how they promote this one. I think they need to... 
basically do the opposite that they did with Watch Dogs. Like, don't oversell, like, just mm. present the gameplay and make sure it's actual gameplay mm. and just be like, here it is. Well, they, directly- is. they need to do a Nintendo Treehouse-style thing where it's just like, we. this is just us playing, like, half an hour of Watch Dogs, watch us play it, and just judge what you see. They kind uh, of did present the, the trailer that way, though, didn't they? They said we listened to a lot of feedback, as in to say we know that you had problems with the last yeah, one. Yeah, it's just words, though, at the moment. Yeah. It's like, and I, 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 the, the day I trust something that comes out of an Ubisoft spokesperson's mouth is the day that my penis is of a satisfactory <laughs> girth and... St- I don't know where I was going with that, but basically what I'm saying is uh, my, my penis will disappoint you. The only thing that I kind of had took issue with in the trailer that for me, I felt like maybe the whole internet kind of masks and anonymous vibe might actually be very cringe if they're trying to make them out to be these cool dude hacker type. I was just like, it might be very cringe. It's very nineties. I hope not. I, I liked but. that in the first one. Like there was this nineties kitschiness mm. to the whole idea. Uh, yeah. But then again, I am a big fan of, of I think, shitty 90s things. And uh, to add to that, I think this vibe could really work if they don't play it quite so serious as they did with Aiden Pierce. If they, if oh, they kind of play up to the kind of fun, kind of silly aspect of it, it could be really, really good. Well, let's not have yet another angry dude who's lost a family member and is out for revenge. That's every Ubisoft protagonist. The the impression I I got from this watching the trailer was that it was going to be like less to do with one solemn guy has lost a family member, now he's brooding and needs to get revenge. I got the impression it's more like group of teenage like 90s trolls. they're basically uh, like, trolls like it, it's basically a group of no, like 90s teenagers who've grown up watching hacker films but yeah. have today's technology and they're like yeah we're gonna be the hacking club we're gonna hack all the governments woo yeah. and, and trying to be thinking they're cooler than they are and that could be quite amusing yeah to that watch. could that that exactly that could make them very endearing you know mm. as opposed to and, trying <laughs> to make them actually be really cool because that just yeah, yeah. And that's that's the kind of impression I got from them doing like like the the fist bump and then explosion hands away where it's like I got the impression from some of the shots in this it's like they're gonna get themselves in over their head trying yeah. to be cooler than they are and I kind of like that vibe um I like the fact that while it had a very like nineties hacker movie vibe to a lot of the way the trailer was shot. It seemed to be grounded pretty much in today's or not far from today's technology. Like there's a shot where there's two kids on a bus using a Google cardboard. And I'm like, I like that level of sci-fi where it is, hey, here is tech that we currently have that most people don't use being a little more uh, a little more seen in the wild than we're used to alongside yeah. a couple of near future bits of tech. And that feels like a nice way to ground it. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm liking this. <clears throat> also, the San Francisco setting looks quite cool, and the protagonist seems really cool. Glad it's not another white guy protagonist. There uh, we go. That's my S- SJW I, opinion. I have no comment on that statement. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's. that's I, I'm going, I, I'm I going get to. Shouted. Can I can I say what you said, but in in a different way? It's nice go to ahead. see. It's nice to see more people of color protagonists. Indeed, that is that is fair. Um, I get called an SJW anyway, so screw it. I like that we're seeing a protagonist that is not another white dude, so mm, screw you all. Eh. Um, I saw yeah. this comment written today, right? 
Right. It was about Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which I'm sure we'll get on a bit later. But but this is germane to what was just said, right? I posted it on thegymquisition.com. It's the most amazing statement I've ever read. It was about Mirror's Edge. Enough with the SJW stuff. Faith could have easily been a man. <laughs> the sheer existence of a woman character now is SJW stuff. I could yeah. not believe it. It's SJW. Why was she not a man? Like, that's this, where we're at now. Those are the kind of comments that make me feel okay saying, yeah, I'm glad it's not another white guy protagonist. Because you yeah. know what? Fuck it. We got enough of them around. You, you got plenty. Um, so yeah, apparently that's coming in November, and that was quite a big reveal to not be at Ubisoft's thing at E3, but it, it kind of, I get the feeling they didn't want, well, uh, no, let me take that I back, just, let's my, try my that again. My feeling on a lot of this stuff is they, there are certain games they need to get ahead of the crowd, they need to get ahead mm. of the big headline-grabbing stuff at E3, so yeah, this was probably a good idea of for them to just, like, throw it out now so that we know it exists yeah. and it doesn't get swallowed up by I, something else. I will say, I think it was amazing that once again we had a trailer leak because of something that was accidentally done. The Watch Dogs 2 trailer leaked, I think, about 24 hours early because they accidentally set the wrong date for Twitch adverts for the game to go up. <laughs> so Twitch was running adverts for Watch Dogs 2 a day before the trailer was meant to be shown off. And people were like, hey, I'm just going to record this and put it on, on uh, YouTube. Of course. And they were going down very quickly. But that's when I saw the trailer. I saw it like a day ago. Um, <coughs> what other stuff came out ahead of E3? XCOM 2, that's coming to consoles this year. Surprising no one. Yeah, good, cool. Yeah, that that is a PC exclusive that everyone said would come to console. And it's doing so. Hopefully all of those bugs in the PC version are fixed in the console one. J.K. Simmons sure. has very um, manly arms, doesn't he? Sorry, I was just looking at a picture of him there. I can't say I've ever particularly looked at their arms. But yeah. I will look them up now. What, J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Do I have to search arms? <laughs> Um, no, just put in um, J.K. Simmons. Um, oh, yeah, yeah J.K. Simmons has really manly arms. Mm. Sorry, just noticed that in a picture on Twitter there and had to point it out. Uh, that's totally fair enough. I, okay. uh, any excuse to look at a manly man's manly arms is good yeah. by me. Um, so yeah, XCOM <laughs> right. 2 is coming You've to joined consoles. the manly arm yeah. minute. It's a new section on Podquisition. <laughs> yeah. Uh... We had news that Persona 5 is not coming t in 2016. It's coming in 2017. It's coming on Valentine's Day in North America. Still no date in Europe, which is a bit concerning because of this whole no one knows who's publishing Atlas Games in Europe anymore thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that whole piece of news. Tough luck if you're in Europe and wanted to get that game. Um, oh, Dead Rising 4. Um, posters for the game alongside a trailer appear to have leaked. Mm. Ahead of E3. Oh. Have either of you seen this? I have not yet, no. Let me find a link. Dead, Dead Rising, Rising Team, for... please, for the love of God, I enjoy your games, but remove the fucking timer. For the love of God, take it <laughs> out of this one. Let us Honestly, I, enjoy I, the I world you build. I did not mind it. In, in Dead Rising 3, I did not mind it. It seemed to work out okay. Oh, I hated it. Okay. Uh, I will correct my earlier statement. It is not a trailer that has leaked, but what has leaked is a 
GameStop store poster for the game uh-huh. alongside several in-game images. Uh-huh. Some of which have already been copyright claimed and taken off of Imiga. Imiga. Oh, for God's sake. Um, however you pronounce it. Uh, the bits of news the we news have The from... news is out there. Just yeah. let it stay at this point. Um, yeah. basically, at, the, at this point, your, your, picture, yeah. your picture is Fat Axel. It's not coming down. Yeah. So... Apparently, it's set in the same town as Dead Rising One was. Um, Interesting. It's it's essential. Some rumors are saying that it's going to be a remake during Dead uh, a remake of Dead Rising One, but during Christmas time, four player co op. Not only the mall, but also surrounding areas. And then we had Jason Schreier over at Kotaku saying, uh, and this is kind of connected. Microsoft's E3 press conference is apparently going to be all about death. It's going to be Dead Rising 4, State of Decay 2, and some other stuff. Oh, so, that would be awesome. A whole We uh, get a whole press conference dedicated to zombies now. I yeah. heard a rumour that um, that one you just mentioned, Laura. Uh, what, State, State of, of Decay, Decay 2? Is going to be some kind of an online um, multiplayer thing. Yep, I saw something about that and completely tuned my brain out because I was like, I don't care about that in the slightest. <laughs> I loved the first State of Decay. I thought the, the the redo they did was a disappointment, but I really liked the original State of Decay. Um, if it's exactly like that, but online, it would be interesting if they if they get a sustainable player base. I don't know how how popular the, the first one was, but it, it must have done well enough. Um I don't know, like, those are the kinds of games that I like feeling lonely in. Like, I, I like playing with no one yeah. and just spending, like, however long just kind of wandering this world on my own. Um, co-op in Dead Rising, I'm not against that. That's fine. Um, and I really I really like Dead Rising 3, um, but it wasn't very colourful. It, it was a bit grey. So I hope the, the new Dead Rising, if, if indeed Dead Rising 4 is shown off, they get some of that colour back into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to pull up that... And remove uh, the timer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to pull up the uh, the link so I can see if that if any of the screenshots seem to show much colour. Uh, the no, screenshots they show the most up. generic-looking protagonist I've ever seen in yeah, my life. <laughs> it looks it looks like the protagonist of Alan Wake standing in a very blue bluish grey town. Uh, let me have a look. I got to look now. So I'll send I'll send you a link, Jim. Sending it in the Skype. Right. Let's put my critical eye on this. So there is one image that has stayed up, which is the one that looks like oh yeah that looks like a triple a first person uh, like third person game released in 2016 see. you see in the blue one jim yeah it's yeah. at least at least it's blue gray not brown gray yeah that's true i don't like, know i just i don't like how bleak gray. i don't like how bleak that town in the background uh. looks like Dead Laura, Rising was never. This website you linked to is me. popping fucking ads up all over my fucking screen. Well, Fire, <laughs> Firefox prevented this site from opening any pop-ups on mine, so maybe you should be on a better browser, Gavin. Um, but yeah, it seems that looks more like a Silent Hill town than it does a Dead Rising place I would want to be, and that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, because like the first one was obviously the mall. It was bright and garish uh dead rising 2 was that whole casino thing you know so that was all uh bright and and stuff and dead rising 3 it was just like you know 
bit of a dismal town. Still a really fun game. Uh, it, it was enjoyable, and you could, you know, wear silly costumes and do all that business and have weird weapons, but... It I don't know. Have, just... it, but what was great about Des, Dead Rising One was its kind of its in, its whole environment and the zombies was kind of a comment on consumerism a little bit, and that was kind of gone in the next one. I, and mm. the second one had Vegas and the kind of zombies on the slot machines, and that was kind of another comment. But then the third one didn't did it really have any kind of meta game going on like that? If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I I kind of hope it's not it doesn't lean too heavily on the first one like I'd like to see something new from that franchise and we'll see what what it ends up being because I have no doubt that a new Dead Rising is probably in the works so I'm tempted to believe this is probably a thing uh what else did we have on the pre-E3 news oh did either of you see the trailer for well trailer in inverted commas the cinematic trailer for Agents of Mayhem, which is the new game from the Saints Row team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Looked yeah. That, Agents that, of, a lot of people yeah. were shitting on it like almost instantly, which <sighs> surprised me. I guess just because it's not Saints Row to them. Well, but, but I know I, it has my attention. Um, I, I saw it, it and it looked cool. I will admit that it does look an awful lot like Saints Row yeah. to the point where, like, the meeting room at the end of the trailer. I'm pretty sure that's like. Very, very, very close to the Saints Row logo on the wall. Yeah, it's I, been noted that that's um, that it, it most likely is a Saints Row logo, and there's there's like altar references and stuff. Yeah. So there's no doubt it seems to be some sort of, if not a continuation of the Saints Row story, at least like what they've done with altar where it's become part of other games in this kind of shared universe. So yeah, it could be I, that. It could be like a shared universe situation. I'm kind of half expecting to like get toward the end of this game and it turns out that it's all like very uh what was the the Borderlands 2 DLC that uh, that was all a game of D&D like there's a little bit of me that half expects to get to the end of this game and it turns out like oh it's it's a video game we were playing in Saints Row or some bullshit like that yeah. probably but it but- did um I liked it because it it had it reminded me a lot of the Overstrike trailer. I've been talking mm. about Overstrike a lot lately, which was a an Insomniac game that got turned into Fuse, and it was this mm. bright, colourful game with very similar to Overwatch in in several aesthetic ways. That through focus testing eventually turned into another grey drab shooter. Um, so it reminded me of Overstrike's original uh, incarnation, which was you know this collection of um, eccentric heroes with their own signature weaponry uh, in in a kind of bright, colourful cartoon, campy mm. world. So I it, it kind of pushes all my buttons. I don't. I have to say, I didn't. I, I, I didn't, don't want to be excited straight away. I want to see actual gameplay, but my my buttons are push, pushed. I didn't there. like the aesthetic. Actually, that was the one thing that didn't do it. Like, and I think it's a very personal thing. But I had the same problem with the last two, like the Gat Out of Hell and. Saints Row 4 with the aesthetic that kind of very black and mm. red I don't know I find those two colors I, together very difficult to look at for a long time I feel very differently like Saints Row 4 is the one that got me interested in the Saints Row franchise properly and yeah. like I had no problem with the look of this game I felt that the character designs and the whole characterization as far as we got of the characters in this trailer was fascinating. I was like, yeah, I could look at this game and watch these characters do things, yeah. and I would enjoy that. So, 
like as long as it plays like as competently as Saints Row does, I am sure I will probably enjoy this game. I have to admit, so, a, yeah. a, a high motherfucker did get a, a, a giggle out of me. <laughs> yeah, so I I am excited about this, and I like the idea of it being sort of very over the top. It seemed like it had a lot of uh, 80s and 90s superhero action cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon vibes in it. Like, it felt like it was trying to do some um, G.I. Joe meets He-Man-y kind, st- kind of stuff. I was like... I can get on board with this. This works for me. Um, so what else did we have this week? Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is delayed until 2017. I thought we already knew that, but apparently that's news this week. That new trailer that came out for it looks really cool. It does. I'm sad it's not coming this year, because that was probably the last thing left on my, ooh, I'm excited for that in 2016 list. And that one's I, gone, so... I wonder when the Watch Dogs 2 delay is going to be announced. They're going to have a, a, a teaser <laughs> trailer this year for the announcement of the delay. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to happen, isn't it? Well, they'll probably um, announce the delay at pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-E3, which I think is going to so happen pre, in September. Pre-E3 2017, that's when we'll learn of the delay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think... Unless I've missed something, I think that is it for the pre-E3 announcements. Uh, mm. Obviously, oh, well, stuff will the get Deus, announced. The Deus Ex stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk yeah. about the Deus Ex stuff? Actually, I stopped watching it because they were showing the first... <laughs> they were showing the first level, and I don't want that spoiled for me. I kind of want to enjoy that. Do you so. know what the news was you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, they're announcing... Or they did a fucking... There's some kind of weird multiplayer mode and there's a mobile game, which both of those always get kind of a very big meh from me. The the fact that both of those are such meh announcements is why I wasn't paying attention to either of them. Yeah. And that's why I was so excited when you said said in the like pre-show chat that you that wanted to talk news. about them. I was like, oh, that's, gr- <laughs> no. that's great, because no. I now don't have to pay attention to it. It turns out you didn't either. <laughs> That's about as much as I. That's about as much as I knew. There's some mobile game and something else is happening. Uh, uh. Oh my that, god! Thank you. What? Sorry, Rachel just brought me freezing cold water. Thank you. Ah, when? Oh, that's okay. It's so fucking hot. It, this is the hottest day in Ireland in like, of the whole year. It's the hottest it's been in England for goodness knows how long. Like it's in the mid to high twenties, and for us. Here that's, it's that's like, hot. oh, that's boiling. Yeah. Um, I, I, know, I now I live in a state in like... where your hottest days is just a normal day. I live in hell. I don't know how you do that as a as um, a person from the UK because like uh, you... every house here has air conditioning. That's how I survive. Yeah. I won't go outside, but but every house is kind of it's got air conditioning as standard which in britain uh certainly when i was there you didn't have like it was actually rare to have an air-conditioned house yeah if i made the summers nightmarish if i want to feel slightly cooler which i can't do while recording for obvious reasons i have to turn on my little electric fan that sounds like this and i imagine that's not great for podcasting distracting isn't it that's a little bit distracting so i have to just melt here for your amusement are you happy listeners Yeah. No. So uh, you, no. I, before before you type out what you're typing now, I live in a country that's so much hotter than you. Yes, we know. Well done, you. Yeah. Your country. Everyone's hotter. problems are relative. Let's yeah. keep that our, in mind. Our bodies. We are, are not used to this heat. You are so. 
Yeah. Um, so other things we had that weren't E3 news. Um, we got the news that The Sims is basically removing all gender locks from options in their game. And what this basically means is that you could now have... If you wanted to, you could have an adult character in The Sims 4, which appeared feminine, could not conceive children, but could pee standing up, for example. And variations like this are possible, which is really interesting. It's allowed for a lot of representation of, of trans people in terms of appearance and things that their body can and cannot do. It does have some weird things locked to it where like once you've picked whether your bo the body's frame is masculine or feminine certain physical attributes get locked to that like you can't have a feminine frame with facial hair which is the thing that you can do in stuff like Dark Souls 3 you also can't have non-standard gendered options for ch child characters you can only have fully adult characters have these options and right. if you've started with a child character, you then can't tweak those options once they become an adult character. So there are some caveats to the praise of it, but it's a very interesting choice. And I've never seen a game be like, yeah, you can have a feminine character that specifically can do these or not do these things that are traditionally associated with that presentation. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about EA, and I say a lot about EA. I will never... Uh, in, like have a go at their efforts to be inclusive or, or even at least appear inclusive. You know, there may be cynical motivations for doing it. I mean, you know, a, a, not shutting out um, gay people or trans people from your custom customer base is just expanding the amount of people willing to buy from you. There is a cynical reason for doing it, but mm. many companies can't bring themselves to do it even for cynical reasons. So, yeah. it, you know, EA is on the right track and on the right side of history doing that. And in terms of games, you know, the f a trailblazer in that regard, at least in the, the AAA space. And The Sims in particular is a very big brand name that a lot of people know that is very positive yeah. to have that spin behind. So good, good for them. Go them. No, uh, it's it's impressive stuff. It's, and it's it's not perfect, but it's a bigger. It's it's a step that I never would have expected. So go there yeah, like in e that regard. EA has always uh, thrown their support behind um, you know gay issues and and more recently trans issues, and that is encouraging to see. And mm. and again, even if it is cynically motivated, it's a good sign for society as a yeah. whole or where it's headed that it's being the, the, considered good business. It's being to, considered a net positive financially yeah, to do a, that. It's a is good a idea. Good, yes, that to is To be very, inclusive uh, and not, not shut people out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other bit of news we had that's not E3 related is, um, you know how Oculus pre-orders still haven't finished like shipping out for the people who ordered like day one when it went up for pre-order? <laughs> fuck, fuck the Oculus Rift at this yeah, point. Fuck Just the fuck, Oculus. Fuck it. Okay. I know someone who ordered within 15 minutes of pre-orders going up who received mm -hmm. their Oculus yesterday. Jesus Christ. And that's kind of ridiculous. But the, the bit of news is actually about Vive. HTC have said, right, at this point, if you order an HTC Vive from the HTC website, from the Vi official Vive website, you'll have it within three days. Mm -hmm. No HTC, more pre-order wait. Noticed, It'll yeah. just be with you in three days. 
I've seen people, like prominent people, um, I think Patrick Klepek said it, and I uh, forget someone else, but you know, prominent media people have been talking about cancelling. They've been cancelling their Oculuses mm. or sending their Oculuses back and just getting a Vive. Like, HTC has been cleaning up and it's really clever yeah. what they're doing with well, the pre-order stuff. It doesn't they surprise are jumping me at all now. Like, the fact that people who pre-ordered still don't know when they're getting their Oculuses, I would, if I was in that situation right now, I'd be like, fuck it, for the extra couple of hundred quid, Get rid of the Oculus pre-order. Let's pre-order a Vive, which we know will be here in three days. Yeah. And that's a very good move for them, like, cleaning up what Oculus people are still waiting for headsets. The Floculus piss. <laughs> the what? The oh, the Floculus, floculus piss. piss. Oh, well, look at you and your clever wordplay, Gavin. Look the at you flop- indeed. The, the Floculus dick. You're yeah. continuing to make amazing puns, Gavin. Um, so yeah, that's I about. Think all, that... But it's not. It's just about all I can offer on that thing because my interest in it. I'm I'm really curious about this because we talk about the Rift a lot. I want to know how interested the audience is in this product because, like, we've talked about yeah. it a lot, and I'm never sure if people are actually. I One never I see anyone s- else talk about it except us. <laughs> One thing, I'm well, ben, if ben you go to Polygon, you'll, you'll, yeah, <laughs> good old Ben. He'll talk about, he'll talk about it till you beg him to stop. Um, I never, like, I get requests to cover a lot of things on the Jimquisition and stuff, and I have never gotten a request to do anything on the the Oculus Rift that I can mm. remember. I, I can't think, and it, certainly no one has ever asked me like why I haven't done reviews of VR games yeah. or why I haven't done Jimpressions videos. The answer's simple. It's that no fucker's sending me a headset and I ain't spending 1,200 quid to get one. Uh, quid, bucks to get one. Um, so, but yeah, no one's asked. No one seems curious as to to read my views on VR stuff. So I can only assume, and I, you know, I get lots of requests to do things, plenty, uh, and VR stuff just isn't among them. Yeah, Yeah, VR's a really odd, interesting thing in that, like, as soon as my mother had a chance to start, like, getting her hands on a, on a Vive, she got really into the idea and has been, like, actively looking for excuses to get me to, like, set up the Vive so she can use it again. But getting that into people's hands and getting them that excited is another matter entirely, as is, like, getting over the barrier of, like, I really want to play this versus I would pay upwards of 600 pounds for one and like there's a big divide there that still hasn't quite been crossed what i do know is that like having given my mother room scale vr with motion controls to try and then if i i i know that if i now gave her the oculus to try without room scale without the motion controllers she'd probably not enjoy it nearly as much and i it's one of those things that i'm aware of and just like Right now, even if you can get your hands on an Oculus, it feels notably less valuable than the Vive at this moment. Mm-hmm. And that might change in the future, but right now it's like, why would... like I can't think of a reason why I would buy the Oculus over the Vive. Yeah, I, I, I really... I can't see the point. Like, especially with software that lets you do the same thing on each... Uh, yeah, the vibe just seems... It feels more like a, a universal thing anyway. Like, <clears> Oculus <throat> feels like it's its own self-contained thing, and they've tried to sell it as its own self-contained walled garden. So, Vive having the giving off the impression of being a more universal device, plus it being able to supply the demand, uh, it just 
and not having so much negative stories. Like I, these days, I only ever when I hear about the Oculus, it's always something bad. I don't get that with the Vive. So, yeah. So yeah, that's that. Um, I think that is it for news. Before we go, did we want to talk a bit about E3 predictions? Because like, by the time this we have the next episode, we'll have had all of the big press conferences happen. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't actually personally. Now, this is not to impugn anyone else or to say you know you all can't do it. But personally, I'm I don't do e, I don't like E3 predictions. I get asked them like every year, and I'm like, I don't know, like a video game will happen, you know, like I just I don't know what it is, but I feel I never feel good about doing E3 predictions and stuff. I I enjoy them in as much as. Like, there are certain things we can tell, there are certain things that, like, I like to make random guesses that I don't ever think will happen, and then if one of them happens, I can pretend I'm some kind of amazing oracle. I quite sure, enjoy sure. that. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel weird about the people who make these predictions sometimes knowing the information already. There is a great example of a few years ago... Um, IGN's Nintendo podcast were teasing that were like, oh, I predict there'll be a Luigi's Mansion game announced for 3DS. And then they did that in their predictions because they knew what was happening. They'd been told about right. it from Judges Week. That's a bit iffy, but I still have no clue what's happening at E3, so I don't mind making guesses yeah. and being like, yeah. I, I normally just, just like, yeah. if I end up doing them, it's it's only ever taking the piss. Like, I'll, I will just... Well, people who who have read my Twitter during any E3 week, they know the kind of shit I, I talk about. Uh, usually involving swarms of locusts and Reggie fees and me sitting on a ketchup bottle and stuff like that. Well, do you, um, do you want to make some of that level today? Do you want to try and make some, some totally serious guesses? Uh, I'm going to leave a lot of it for Twitter because I get, I get primo <laughs> followers during E3 week because um, my goofs be, are on can't point. Can't be wasting your good content on us and our bullshit it's, podcast it's we? all about it's all about building a brand you know mm. twitter hey, my social media reach <laughs> e3 twitter is the greatest moment it's so good uh, it's it is the one week where i feel like i'm truly 100 percent mm. on form i have seen though there's been some pre-e3 some pre-pre-e3 backlash against and the exact quote is look at me i'm a smarmy guy making smarmy tweets about e3 I know. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I was like, I don't be. care. I love the smarmy tweets. Yeah, I yeah. don't give a shit. Like, you can do your whole counter backlash thing, right? You, because because to me, I just read that as, oh, look at me, I'm so smart, pointing out these other people who aren't smart. Like, we yeah. can all play that game. Yeah. We can all play the, look at me, I am a special snowflake game. You do you. You go and be like like pissy because people are making fun on Twitter. You'd be upset that we're, not all of us are excited to have hypes just spoon-fed into our fucking mouths like good little consumers. You you do you. I am going to be a smarmy git on Twitter, and I'm going to fucking love it. And I would imagine me and me and Laura will probably be 50% smarmy, 50% genuinely hyped. <laughs> yeah, I will be smarmy until I get my hands on Zelda and then I'll probably just gush like a small child being like, I played I mean, I the get, video game, it was shiny! I get excited for things. I do get excited. Like, if you saw my reactions during the, the Sony's press conference last year, like, there were moments where I was just like... What I am seeing is fucking unprecedented and awesome. Uh, I will let that come out, but at the same time, like 
this is still the triple I video game industry, and they don't deserve everyone to just like like mindlessly applaud them and swallow their bullshit. They haven't earned that, and I reserve the right to be jaded. I've been doing this job for almost ten years. I deserve the I reserve that right to be jaded and cynical because some of us have done this. We've been playing this fucking game long enough to know how much of what we're seeing is complete and total shite. But, Jim, you should try eating that bullshit. It's so tasty, and you'll feel so happy when you've done it. You'll be so much happier if you just swallow the bullshit like a well-behaved person that swallows swallows bullshit. I'm not going to do it. I see it every year. All these people saying, oh, why aren't people... Why can't people just be happy? Why can't people just be excited? It's like, because I'm not a mindless fucking... Cattle. I'm not consumer cattle. That's what the industry banks on, is for everyone to have that mindset of the why can't we just be grateful for everything we're given? No. No. I'll <laughs> be I'll be ungrateful. I'll be spoiled. I'll be a brat about it. Because it's the right thing to do and it's fun. Okay. In that case, I have a one E three prediction. Someone's going to tell Jim that he's being too smarmy on Twitter and that he should stop being Twitter smarmy for the fame on E3. There you go. E3 predictions. I think think someone did that last time. They were like, God, I hate you um, ruining my feed with all of this stuff. So for a while, I just started copying their name in on every one of the smarmy tweets. (laughs) I just eventually I started live. I think I started live tweeting just directly to them. It's like, don't don't do that to me this year because I will like I will find a way to make you part of the show, and it'll be hilarious. Also, if you don't like the content of someone's Twitter feed, there's a very easy way to fix that. That, that yeah. is very true. Block um, me. If you don't want to see smarmy, and it will be smarmy and smug, it'll be, like, horribly smug, sarcastic, ungrateful, spoiled, petulant... Entitled. Petty. <laughs> entitled. Everyone's favourite word. Yeah. If you don't want to see... All of that kind of stuff next week, you better block me now because it it's starting already. I've already started making fun of pre 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 E three. So yeah, I would block me now because you will just be upset. Consider that your warning. I won't I won't hear complaints now. You know, the smarminess never bothers me, but what does bother me is when you're excited over someone and people desperately want you to know how wrong you are. Like there are yeah. people who there are sometimes people who go out of their way mm. to show you how little they care about a game. I saw that with Fallout 4 last year. There were people who, despite, quote-unquote, not caring, went to so great, like, great, great lengths to keep talking about it and keep talking about how little they care. Yeah. And that's when I feel it goes from, like, fun smarm to just, like, posturing. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is the whole look at me, look how counterculture I am. Oh yes, yeah, sh- is is when you like go out of your way to express your disregard for something. Um, you know, most people just just making fun on Twitter and moving on. Like, I I don't and, I will never and, have a problem with that. I will always find that funny. And it's it's possible, and it's something I do every three. It's possible to make fun of things you like. You know, it well, does. I yeah. think that's I think it's I easier think... to make fun of things you like because you understand them well enough to make good jokes. Yeah, yeah. it's often how I show affection. Like I once, like 
hell, like the Overwatch thing, like not just making jokes, but to be critical of something. You know, I've been heavily critical of Overwatch all day yesterday, and it's because I love it. It's because I love the thing that I want to point out what I feel are flaws and what I feel could be improved. That's how... I feel that's how, like, actual fans of things behave. Uh, these ones that won't hear a bad word said against a thing and just want everything to be accepted. I, all you do is promote creative yeah. stagnation. I don't consider you a, a good fan of a thing because you just want the status quo to stay where it is. Uh, and, and I just feel that's, like, creatively unhealthy. Well, that, as much as this is true, there is one game that if it gets announced, I... I will not be smarmy about it in spite of my love for it. Mm -hmm. I still have a prediction here, and I'm going to make this now. Beyond Go Good it. and Evil 2 gets announced <laughs> at the Ubisoft press conference with no platform announced. It gets shown in some kind of trailer, and they just don't mention what platform it's for. It's going to be an, an Ouya exclusive. <laughs> oh, please. I, I would take an Ouya exclusive right now. I have an Ouya in my cupboard. I could dig it out and I'll play that fucking sequel. I want to say. Happen? I want to say this, this year has to be the year they announce Beyond Good and Evil 2. But I said that last year as well. Mm. Well, here's so. the thing. Considering the things I've heard in the past. I think they announce it this year. They don't announce mm -hmm. a platform for it. Yeah, like they just it's keep, it's just keep gonna us be, hanging on again. Here is a trailer, and they're just not going to tell us what it's for. What? Yeah. Something I think we're definitely going to get at E3 is a uh, Last Guardian release date. I think that's that's pretty much. Yeah, and going, I think we'll get we'll get a Western release date for it as well. Like those yeah. interviews the last couple of weeks seem pretty confident we'll be playing it at E3 and playing it in the West this year. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that. I, I'm finding myself being tempted to be drawn into the prediction discussion. Go now on, because I go want to talk on, Jim, fucking, go on. Well, uh, The Last of Us 2 is probably going to happen. You think? So soon after the signs are pointing. I, I Well, the rumours have been happening. It'll really? get so teased, yeah. It's got a good chance to be teased. Oh, um, and I do want to see more sec, of that, everyone, what's it called, Horizon? Uh, Sorry, what? I have no way of hearing what's going on at this second. Please wait oh. for me. Alright, hold on. I'll change the battery out on my headphones. Quickly. Laura oh, smells! Laura smells! Are you back with us? Oh, sorry, hello. You, you definitely. Hello, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm back with you. You definitely what? miss nothing there, Laura. When you go to edit this, <laughs> yeah. you definitely won't hear me say anything. Okay. We, well, um, we basically I... <laughs> just. I, I stopped all discussion until you got back, so. Yeah. Okay. This will be an edit point, really. That's fine. Um, but I do want to see more of Horizon Zero Dawn because that's the one thing that's stuck in my mind from last year. Yeah, like I'm really hoping it's playable just so that we know, like, how much does it feel like Monster Hunter? Like, that's the yeah. question I want answered right now is how much does this feel like open world Monster Hunter? And it, I is it open it world? Is this? Well, do we I know don't this? know yet. We don't yeah. know this, but. Like, the impression I got watching the footage last time is it's going to be semi-open world Monster Hunter. That's the feeling I've got, and I kind of want to see... I want it to feel a bit different. I want it to feel unique from that. But we'll see. I just hope their combat isn't as clunky as their last game. Um, I had one prediction that I think is, is very likely to come true. I think mm -hmm. that the PC games show will somehow find a way to make the PC gaming conference even more boring this year than it was <laughs> last year, in spite of its drastically reduced runtime. 
I think they're gonna try. I think they're gonna try. And my worry is they will overcompensate. Maybe they'll get Mr. Caffeine. Oh God, no! Like, I, think I miss gonna, Mr. Caffeine. I think it's so gonna much. be harder to watch, but for very different reasons. No, yeah. it's 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 Aisha Tyler. Which re- which really made me regret not going because oh, I wanted to meet her. Oh well. Uh, I'm I'm going to be going to Ubisoft's press conference this time round. So. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you'll be there live in the audience while they try and force another hashtag meme onto us. I, you know, why I agreed to go to the Ubisoft press conference because if. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is ever going to get fucking announced. It'll be while I'm in the room. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, that's the only way to make it happen is to go there and hold up a sign and be like, we know you've got it backstage. Show us Beyond Good and Evil 2. And I just kind of wave the sign around. Someone's just halfway have through the press keep... conference, just stand on your seat and do the whole Shia LaBeouf just do it routine. Someone's going to have to keep a camera trained on Laura for the entire thing and in case it gets announced. And then you can do... That thing that all those journalists did when Final Fantasy got announced last year, where you're like falling off your seat and shit. Oh, I, if it gets announced, there will be like a 15 minute like vlog I will do where it's just me screaming and crying with a big happy grin on my face, and I would just put that video up with no context. I would I won't put a title on it. It'll just be me screaming and crying and happy for like 15 straight minutes. <laughs> So yeah, is that we want to do any questions or do we just um, want to wrap up here where we if you are? Got any decent what, Laura, ones. what would you do if if Beyond Good and Evil Two got announced, right? And it, it was basically goes like this: He was a half pig, half man until they killed his best friend Jade. Now he's out for revenge, and the whole thing is like dark and grey. And like Pigsy isn't actually a pig; he's just like a <laughs> a man with a, a kind of ugly piggy nose. I would trust our all-knowing. I would trust our all-knowing, never do anything wrong overlords at Ubisoft who always make the best decisions regarding directions of franchises. And I would say to them, "You know what you're doing. This is gonna be good, right?" And then quietly go cry and be like, "It's not gonna be good. I know. I just want to believe." Uh, at this point, I would take any like wish with consequences to see it happen. Just like, it's like I, think I don't right care now, like, what we... negative thing happens. I just want to stop being the only yeah. person like this game will exist. It's like just it needs to be gotten over with. Like yeah. whether it's going to be good or bad at this point, we need to kill that tension. That needs yeah. to be done. I don't care if it's terrible. Just so long as it doesn't. I don't have to wait any longer. No, yeah. after Mass Effect 3, I, I have to disagree with that. <laughs> I, I really loved that one. Are we, not getting, are, we, are we never getting another episode again where it doesn't come up? <laughs> um, I think at this point it is, it is like required of us. Yeah, I don't think like we'd be allowed parse. to do an episode without it. Um, right. Before we move on to questions, though, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to point something out. I won't mention their name because... I never know whether people want their names mentioned, and I, you know, I, I, I try and be respectful of that. Um, and but I mentioned it at the very beginning of last week's episode as a pre-music thing. Uh, but and I can't even believe it. I checked my PO box um, the day before the podcast went oh, was due to come out. Yes, I saw. I heard this. Yeah, uh, a Majora's Mask new 3DS was in there. And I felt 
first of all, incredibly humbled and touched, and also just terrible that someone had like done that, like like spent that much money to get one um, after I'd already found mine, and I just again uh, I. I eventually was able to they I, they got in contact with me and and everything uh, and just uh, uh outside of text i just want to just just say thank you um for the the gesture which was just mind blowing and there's some other stuff i'm going to um show off and talk about at some point because there's just been especially you know lately with with um you know it, it, people know by now that I'm being sued at the moment, mm. uh, and that whole thing has been stressful as you could imagine it will yeah. be. And there's the usual crowd that try and go out of their way to to just bring uh, uh, bad times down on anything I do. Uh, it's been a very stressful year this year so far. I mean, how I've been struggling with a with a. a, a chronic injury since January as well um, but lately like messages that I've been getting and uh, letters that have been coming into the PO box and just weird and funny things that have, have people have sent me and just all of that stuff like this year especially like I cannot emphasize how much that's been meaning to me mm. and it's it's like, like I'm stuttering as because I cannot think of like, like just the the right words that that really communicate that. And I know we, we end up getting sappy, you know, semi regularly here on this show. Um, but lately, just stuff's been meaning a lot. Even like it's always meant a lot to me. But mm. with the way things have been happening, like this this whole year has just been so much weird stuff has been going on. Uh, not just like like it's been a good year. Like work's been going great. My home life's been fantastic, um, but there's just a lot of stressful things and a lot of changes that've been happening. So more than ever, just uh, like people have been doing wonderful things and reminding me that no matter how how many shitheads I end up having to deal with, there are a lot more people who are just like genuinely lovely people. People and are people are a lot more generous than we think they are. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. There, there was a there was one question this week that jumped out to me that like I think now's a really good time for after the stuff you've just said, which was a question from mm-hmm. Ad, uh, Anna Russell. Um, what are some of the nicest things that fans have ever said to or about you? So that feels like an like a good question to go into from Jim's moment of everyone fans are all lovely. Yeah. Gavin, mm. has anything nice been said to you or about you or has or been nice been done for you recently by fans? Um I I have um <clears throat> I have a folder in my Miracle of Sound Gmail account which I only save really sweet nice messages in. Mm. And every time I feel a little low I go and look at that folder of messages from fans and it really cheers me up and it's Yeah. It's lovely well, like the, for me it's like some of it can get very emotional sometimes because like there's people who and I'm sure because of your situations you've been in Laura you've also had some fans that maybe what you've been through and stuff has inspired them mm. with with to uh to sometimes adapt a different attitude to the problems in their life but also to sometimes just help them through their problems knowing that someone else has gone through that as well and then there's mm. just messages where the songs themselves have helped people through like times when they've been really down or suicidal or whatever and that to me is that's the greatest gift they could ever give me you know yeah to to but let like, me not 
that came out all wrong. Not that they're down, but to let me know that no, I made yeah. something that helped them in their life. You know, that that to me is more of a motivator than money ever could be, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, like, you both know that I've done this before because I've sent this stuff to you before, but when you guys have had, like, I have a folder in the Podquisitions email that is a very similar thing where I put nice things to share with, with both of you guys and for myself yeah. as well. But when mm-hmm. I know one of you two is having a bad day, it's like, hey, here's some emails that that might, you know, be nice to see today. Yeah. And, like, the thing that always stands out to me is that, like, in the last year, year and a half that I've been doing this show, I now have enough fan art to cover two walls of my office. <laughs> like, two walls of yeah. my office are all this just really sweet art that I look at and I think someone took time out of their day to make this thing. And it, it's on, like, it's so nice to be able to look around at this physical thing that just reminds me of all of these people who've taken time out of their day to make something because I made things for them. And that's a really unusual thing to, like, to get used to. And I don't know if it's something I'll ever feel normal about. And that's probably mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, but That is a good like, thing, because then you don't take it for granted. Oh, exactly. Um, like, we we talked about it the other week. The fan that, like, was 14 but looked about 8 that came up to me at that convention <laughs> with a little flag because they'd been trying to find me. That was really... That really made my day. I was having a really rough morning when that happened and that really did help to turn my day around. Um, I have... I just have a folder of stuff that I, I look at sometimes where people have said, like, hey, this thing you made made me feel better when I was having a bad day and stuff like that and it's there's one that sticks in my in my mind that's still in my head that was some point in the last week I think this was someone sent a tweet that was just something like Podquisition is my favorite podcast it you know I really enjoy it um and then they sent a second tweet that was something like um Podquisition is the cure for for my lethargy and depression and there was something about that reading that just at the moment it was sent that just really made me smile and feel a little less bad. And that's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. So, no, it, yeah. yeah, all of you, you're lovely, amazing people. I love you all. I'm sorry that I yeah. sometimes forget that horses live in video games. <laughs> <laughs> I got this amazing picture someone did um, in, in my PO box the other day. And it was, um, I'm going to... I'm going to have to show it off on uh, on the show, like on the Gymquisition at some point, because it's so good. Uh, it, it was this really, really well-drawn image of me with a whole bunch of pogs around me. It said, thank pogs for Jim. And it was done by someone who's only calling themselves S. Mm. Uh, and it, it's incredible. And I just look at it, I think, the, the amount of time and, and effort and talent that went into that. <laughs> um, and like The art is, is true. Like the, the So much amazing art has been done and physical stuff as well there is a um i've got uh in my office a little jim sterling plushie that someone did and they mm. actually got a voice clip from the show of me saying thank god for me and put it in the toy so when you squeeze it it says thank god for me um and just stuff like that it's just like it absolutely blows my mind oh. mm. like, like every time i go i go to the p.o box every few weeks and just there's more often than not. There's always just something in there that's just like 
amazingly weird or funny or ju- just something that someone put genuine thought into and it's mm. well, just just fuck yeah. and, and i will echo what 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 you said about like people who tell you that the the show helped them in some way uh, and stuff like that i i, I get that on ask mm. fm a lot um, normally from anonymous people um although i don't have anonymous things on there anymore because of because of all the, the shitheads that you get. But, you know, they might make a throwaway account or something and just let me know that, that they listen to Podquisition or Jimquisition to help mm. them with their depression. Or there are some people who, and I've had this, this several times over the years, of people who are either confused or upset about their own gender identity or their sexuality and just hearing our our kind of... Because we chat about it so casually. Mm. It is We've got such a, a laissez-faire attitude <laughs> yeah. about it because to me it's like... It 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 is the way I am in my life. The interests I have, the, uh, the sexual uh, proclivities I have, are so normal to me, and I've always treated them as normal. And that's not to say everyone should. If if someone, you know, you treat yours how you want to treat yours. But I've always been very casual about my identity, and a lot of people have said, said that's helped them sort of accept, come to terms, just or just feel better about their own situation and stuff like that. Is just like. Just the most um, amazing thing. Just if if that's all I've accomplished uh, in 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 my career is I've made other people's lives like like more easy to deal with, then you know I, I'm good to die tomorrow. I'm 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 good to pack it all in tomorrow and, and say jobs are good. Yeah, it's it is amazing. Some of those things that you hear, like we to this day we still get like once or twice a week we'll get an email from someone about that episode where we talked about bullying and like mm-hmm. the stuff you go through at school and things and like getting through all that we get messages once or twice a week probably from people about how much that meant to them wow. like i'm looking at some of the stuff around my room right now and there's like just just the stuff i can see from where i'm sat at my desk um there's this beautiful piece of artwork that i've got above my um, my monitor that uh it's the one that has in the corner of it Podquisition, a holy trinity, and it's the three of us with like glowing suns behind us. It's absolutely this mm-hmm. gorgeous piece of art. There's a beautiful one someone did of me on a throne with a bunch of butts stuck around me, and I'm holding a controller in my hands. Someone <laughs> drew me as a superhero, dre- like wearing the vibe, and the controllers are like jetpack wings on me, and I'm some kind of superhero. Um... And, like, this is just the stuff that I can see from, like, the little corner I can turn my head without, like, the microphone not picking me up, but... Oh, that Holy uh, Trinity one is fantastic, isn't it? Oh, my God. There is... And it's not even just that. Like, there are there are some that you can see the person doesn't necessarily have the best talent with art, but has clearly put a lot of effort into it. And some of those... I have some of those up on my wall because it's just so lovely to be, like... You... You... You you wanted so much to make a thing that I can feel how much that means. And that really makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's so, I feel so like there are no words for it. I keep getting to this moment where I'm like, I want to describe (laughs) it. And there's not a word that really does it justice. It's just kind of, thank you all for, for liking us and the things we do. And we're glad if we can sometimes make you smile a bit. And feel a mm-hmm. bit less. I mean, bad honestly, like you know, the, I I have the the job I have now. I have the 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 
the the media that I produce, like all of it now, is purely thanks to mm-hmm. you, like people listening. Um, you know, those who have contributed to the Patreon, uh, or or even those of you who have just shared my work, that may lead to others, um, you know, contributing to keep it funded and everything. And right now, like I have a better life than I could have imagined for myself you know um back when I was dirt poor and and had no future prospects whatsoever like could never have imagined having what I have now uh I am happier in my job and career than I've ever been uh, mm. being able to do this stuff on my own and just being my own boss and, and calling the shots and everything and and that is impossible without without your help and what's what you've done for me and i i can only ever be grateful yeah. for that and mm-hmm. no matter how stressful it can be no matter how many whether they whether they're trying to do it through the legal system or whether they're just trying to to harass mm-hmm. me to the point of suicide um you know there are people out there who plan and dream of my death and all that kind of stuff and that is alarming and and not pleasant to think about but no matter how bad that is the cost of doing business has always been outweighed by the everyone else but literally everybody else Mm. Uh, and this feeling that that so many people if bush comes to serve people who i may never have met have my back it's just Mm. it's it's the biggest comfort no matter how shit things may get i couldn't agree more like the whole the fact that like the fact that this year i started this year not sure what life was going to do for me and like people i've never met have funded me to the point that i can have in two and a half weeks i'm going to be in a hospital having surgery that i could never have afforded to to do by myself, no matter how much I'd saved and set aside and how much I'd pinched pennies, I never could have done that. And that's a thing that I can only thank all of you listening for. And, like, the fact that I that I somehow don't lose Twitter followers for the times when I will just sometimes tweet for a while about feeling sad, even though I mm-hmm. have, like, this dream job and, like, I've, I know I've done it a bit this week because I've been, I've been off of hormones and that's messed with me and I, I've had a few nights of just, like, tweeting about feeling shit yeah. even though I know that I shouldn't. I feel guilty sometimes about the fact that, like, I have this amazing life and I still sometimes feel really sad. And the fact that people not only don't leave when I do that, but that there are people who are there and supportive and will listen and be encouraging like having that as well as having the ability to do the job that I'm doing and have that be sustainable two or three years ago I never could have imagined that my life would be what it is today and I can't thank all of you enough like thank you for listening to this show and not writing a message (laughs) saying that you want me thrown off this show that's enough thank you for that (laughs) so thank you for sitting through what has been now a considerable amount of time of us being the sappiest little fuckers ever. <laughs> it's fine. We're, we're cock balls, shit face. <laughs> they, they go. We d- d- video games, uh, great, and they fucking suck. Urgh. 
with with this with this half being said, is now a good time for us to start wrapping up. Now that we've we've let's, we've let's... we've wrapped up Feelings Town. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to actually be like supremely cynical and move right onto money. Because um, <laughs> talking about fan art, there, there was a piece of fan art that was done for me last year by Tom Carla. And actually, I, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your, your, your second name. Carla, Kayla, C-A-L-A. Uh, they are very, very talented. Like, I'm talking like, like mind-blowing art. And they did this wonderful picture of me clutching the corporate offices of EA and Konami and Ubisoft, like, in my hands, looking down. Um, and and it, it was so magnificent that I, uh, I basically bought the rights to the picture. And... It's uh, now on the uh, the Shark Robot store. You go to sharkrobot.com slash gymquisition um, or just go on the gymquisition.com and click the shop page up the top. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you, you can buy that. You can get it in different sizes at different prices. Um, mostly the main reason it's on the store is because I want to buy it myself. <laughs> in fact, all of the merchandise that's on the store, I have it mostly so I can buy it for myself. Um, and the fact that other people want to buy it as well is always nice. Um, but if you are interested in that, I, I'm very interested to see how a poster that is just me, like it's a drawing of me doing something sells. Like I don't, I, I, I put myself down enough um, that I, I figure stuff should be a bit more universal than that to sell. But then I look at the stuff that's uh, actually selling and it's things like I'm Jim fucking Sterling's son or the... <laughs> the Jimquisition emblem logo. So it's like, I guess my quote-unquote brand is enough that people like it. So if you do like that, do do get that. Um, you know, if it gets enough people getting it, then it'll stay on the store storefront, uh, which would be nice, and I'm going to get it myself. But, but it is amazing, and do check out Tom's work. He also did a... After the Halloween episode of Jimquisition came out, he did a... Uh, a, a drawing of the Jimsaw Killer and his victim having the the, the Mountain Dew um, drowning device on his head, and it was again incredible, incredible work. So do check out Tom's work. Um, I believe they've got a Tumblr. If you search for them, you you should find them. Um, so yeah, do that. I've been whatever medicine I'm on lately. It's been drying me out. Sorry, my my I'm getting on really croaky and weird <laughs> as I talk. So I'm gonna have this lovely water. I'm glad you slurped so that we could water. all we could all enjoy the the experience of you drinking together as a family. <laughs> Dead air is a crime. Dead air is a crime. So <laughs> I, I was extra slurpy for everyone's pleasure. Um, I guess we are wrapping up then. Yeah, now it feels like yeah, wrappy uppy okay. timey. Yeah, um, Laura. Where can people find out about more of your lovely stuff, what you do? Me and the stuff what I do? Well, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Go follow me on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz. If you like me and want to help pay the bills, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. And you want to see me fail at Dark Souls? Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. (laughs) I'm dying at Dark Souls a bunch. Also, I have a recommendation for a thing very quickly that's not a thing I made. Go watch Bo Burnham's new show on Netflix called Make Happy. It is incredibly good, but it's also very feelingsy. So, so yeah, Bo Burnham is like basically this mid twenties um, guy that he's put a couple of full shows out for free. Like he's put one show out on Netflix. His show What I believe is on YouTube in its entirety. Um, 
both of them are ha 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 here's some some funny songs oh no i got a bit feelingsy and introspective um a lot of his mm-hmm. stuff is very interesting about the the balance of mental health and the creative process which is very interesting stuff so bo burnham go check out his shows all right bo burnham go check that out and i've never seen any of bo burnham stuff but i will have to put that on my ever-growing list of things i need to say and gavin you do music so i hear i does how do we find out about that i does does music and you can find it on youtube under miracle of sound which remember Remember last month I was excited because I broke my views record with like 4,300,000 in one month? Mm. Well, May's figures came back and they were 5 million, which completely destroyed the previous record. So I'm very happy. Sweet mother of fucksticks. So thanks to everyone for that, because I was uh, let you in on a little secret here, feeling pretty crappy about work over the last month, as Laura knows already. Because I was chatting to Laura oh. about it, but uh, yeah. that was very vindicating. Actually, that the channel did so well, um, considering some of the songs. I was a bit worried because of some of the comments that people didn't like them, but apparently people must have because it was the best month ever. So it was vindicating. Yeah, well, and, I mean, like, and thank you. The song you were getting like the negative comments on, like it's one of my favorite songs you've ever done. So yeah, when when you know. when when I was making it, I thought it was the best thing I'd ever done. So you know, it was it was a hard pill to swallow when <laughs> there was the worst. But I mean, as someone said to me, let's not lose perspective when you can't even see the dislikes bar compared to the likes. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably yeah. reading too much into this. Yeah. But, uh, Anyway, I, and I did want to say thank you quickly as well. I've just looked this up because Gavin was talking YouTube stuff. I cross, <laughs> I just crossed ten thousand subscribers on YouTube this week. So nice, yay! Nothing compared Good to job. either of you lot, but ten thousand people care. <laughs> I've been watching Laura's uh, Dark Souls playthrough, and it's well worth a watch. So go. How, go and how watch frustrate? That. How frustrating have I been so far? Um, actually, not too bad. The only bit where actually it's kind of more funny. To be honest, than frustrating, like which 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 of the which of the things had I done wrong that has been amusing you? Well, your fight against the knight in the first area was hilarious. Yep, because <laughs> he just kept getting you. But in a way, and your fight against the fucking ice knight, and to me, the reason that was so funny was because they killed me more than anything else. They were harder than the bosses for me. Those ice sword. Oh goodness, yeah. And it's been pointed out to me I could have just run straight past that thing. You know what I but did to that I was guy? Like, no, what did you do? You, you know the way there's a um there's an elevator in the next room. Yeah. I stepped on the elevator, made it go up so there's a hole, and I just stood on the other side of the hole and he fell in and died. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't talk about how I did it, because I think that episode went up today or maybe yeah. yesterday, whatever, but yeah, go watch me play Dark Souls 3 and then go subscribe so that like I can be YouTube famous or whatever. <laughs> and we, we, we said this last week, but seriously, this is now a very good time to follow all three of us on Twitter because E3 is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, follow us on Twitter. Go do that thing or we will come track you down and take a shit on your doorstep. Maybe. And it's not just it's not just E3 if you're into like the European Cup, which is coming up as well. I... I kind of live tweet some of that as well, and that's always fun as well. I've, I've got to stop. I've got to stop you all for breaking news. Yeah. What happened? Uh, it's so late in. It's so late in the show. Go on. Watch Dogs Two, Collector's Edition, has a robot in it. Is it a cool robot or one of it's them boring robots? It's an app controlled. 
It's an app-controlled Wrench Junior robot. It looks like a weird Dalek, but with, like, uh, weird graffiti on it. Oh, my God. Can you send us a link? Yeah, this is a real-life robot. Hang on. Open image in new tab. Have a look at this sh shit. It's got 360-degree movement. It can talk. 17 pre-recorded sentences. Oh, it, it has 10 emotions. That's, that's <laughs> like, 10 different David Cage oh my games. God. Was this robot designed by Razor? It does look like a Razor thing. Yeah, this this looks like <laughs> if if Razor designed a bin to yeah. go in your house. Like this razor, is your this is your rubbish. Bin. Yeah, it's a Razor bin on wheels. <laughs> it's a it's fucking the Razor, razor garbage bin on stalker. The Razor wheelie. Yeah, it's, it's the Razor garbage stalker. It's gonna it's gonna wheel into the room, pop up your get like your current uh, friends list, then open up so you can throw away your Doritos and Mountain Dew containers. He's kind, and then he's kind of cute away. though, isn't he? He's he kind is, of cute. but Binny. He, I'm a Binny. I'm a sucker for Binny is kind of cute. cute. Like I'm this. christening him Binny. I I'm tempted. Binny Hill. He looks like a marketing department put like everything that was cool in like late nineties, early two thousands teen. Like pencil case designs, just yeah. all over this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there we go. We did a the show. Mo the there motivation yeah. for the character just got tweeted as well. Actually, while we're on that topic. Oh, what's their motivation? His motivations are he. So they have this system where they predict crime, and he's wrongfully predicted as a criminal, and that apparently annoys him. So that's... basically, this is Minority oh, Report. Was that was that Minority Report? It's it's better than his wife and girlfriend. It's better died. than someone's death. Wife and yeah. girlfriend. Did I, did I say wife and girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Wife or girlfriend? I'm kidding. Yeah. Whatever. So hooray! It's video game minority report. Lovely stuff. Okay, let's wrap this up. I did say we were going to talk about Mirror's Edge Catalyst on the show, oh, but we forgot. God. Um, yeah, we didn't. Did just, we? It's all right. So far, I've only played a little bit. It's all right. I really liked it. It is simplified. Gameplay-wise, at the entry level, but once you've unlocked stuff, there is that same complexity for the speedrunning stuff. I like this version of the character. I feel like there was a little too... There was too little variation in what you were doing moment to moment in the gameplay, but I'm glad for more Mirror's Edge. I just want to know about Mirror's Edge EA. EA, why does it unlock at 11 o'clock? That is so fucking random. <laughs> It won't unlock until eleven o'clock tonight on my. Who computer. the heck knows? And why is why is Faith a woman? Yeah, yeah why is, why is Faith a Come woman? On. Yeah, you, I know she's a character that already exists, but she should have been a man in this one. Should have made her a man, but keep Nathan Drake as a man. Yeah, reboot, reboot, um, reboot Lara. So could have easily have been a man. I just don't get why they didn't make her a man. Exactly. Exactly. You know. It's because of it's because of misandry. It's these fucking liberal arts students. That's what it is. I bet you that Beyond Good and Evil Two, they're gonna leave her as a woman. Why don't they make Jade a man? Well, Jade should be J J A Y. Yeah, the like man I name. need, I need some representation in games, please. Let's finally have. some I am bored um, of all these women and minorities as lead characters. Can we get rid of them now, please? Yeah. So I'll have um, I've got a impressions up of of Mirror's Edge Catalyst on the YouTube channel. I'll have a review up as soon as it's ready. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, until then, uh, we have um, let's see. Uh, no, that already went up. So forget that. I was gonna. Well, it's already out. You can listen to Spin Off Doctors. We did Need for Speed this week. Um, otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah, that, Bye. that sounds right. Yeah. Bye. 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 I really panicked. I didn't know how to end this episode. <laughs>
I didn't know. I I was I kept talking, looking for the last sentence, and I didn't have one. Yeah, are we finished? No, or st- are we? We. I'm still recording. <laughs> I'm too scared to stop.